This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Okay, my name is Sias. For those who don't know me, I'm 23 years old. I'm third year. I've been third year for a couple of years. Okay, so, um, yeah, lekker. I was here just a couple of years ago and uh, thought I'm going to go up into Africa to preach the gospel. And then I realized I am in Africa, so we can preach the gospel here as well. Amen. So what a privilege. We, when this church started in 1991, we were 15 people meeting in a little living room. And uh, the Lord has really blessed us to be a place where people are equipped And to send them all across the world, almost 20,000 students has already gone through this church. And uh, all over the world from this church, I think about 40 churches were planted. We are about 70 shofar churches just in South Africa. And so we're part of a massive family. And uh, that's why it's so important that also for you, what we do here on a Sunday night is just a celebration. We have 120 small groups here on campus in every residence, every private zone in the schools. There's a lot of school people in front here. Uh, and, and that's small group. That's where church happens. That's where we have relationship. That's where we pray for each other. And so here we just inspire each other and encourage each other. Um, but there's also a place where we have to like open up our lives because our theme for this year is to make or become obedient disciples that are rooted in Christ. To make or become obedient disciples that are rooted in Christ. And our theme scripture comes out of Colossians chapter 2. I must say I was shocked when I went to with some Angus uh, about four years ago to America. And we went to visit some big churches. And the amazing thing is, whew, they were just, we were sitting in the service, but there was just really no Bible. <laughs> It was almost like a show or, or a life coaching session or, or how to become a better person. But Yandere said it, um, there's nobody that's good here. Only God is. And when we humble ourselves and we open up ourselves to the word, we realize that it's the Bible, the word, not a sermon online, not a new YouTube clip that will define you, but the word of God. And you need to be rooted in Christ because more than ever, there's a massive onslaught on just um, people that want to go for an experience or emotional thing. And it is amazing. It is amazing to see the supernatural. I've had the privilege of seeing God raise two people from the dead. So I believe in miracles. I believe Jesus heals, he saves, and he delivers. But nothing is stronger than his word. His word will change your life. It is eternal. It doesn't change. A lot of people, even here on campus, want to change the word of God. They want to make it like more like, uh, you know, but uh, the message of the gospel is come and die so that you can live. Jesus said, you must deny yourself, take up your cross and follow him. So your biggest enemy is yourself, the choices we make. But that's why Jesus died on the cross. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Colossians chapter two, father, we thank you for your word. Thank you that your word is eternal. It is incorruptible. It never returns void to you, but it prospers. It accomplishes in what you have sent it for. Lord, let it be seed in our heart tonight. Holy Spirit, you are so welcome here to be the teacher, to reveal, 
to bring life so that tomorrow morning when we wake up and go to our classes and go to our work situations, you are with us. And we've got your word hidden in our heart. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. This is Paul writing to the, amen. I was supposed to say amen. Okay, so amen. Okay, Paul writing to the church in Colossae. And uh, there were like three little little towns together. Um, Lydosia was one of them. You will know one of the letters that was written in Revelations where God says, hey, I want you to be hot or cold, um, but, you know, choose, don't be in between. That was to that one of those churches. And this little church was close by. Now, Paul has never met these people. So when you read scripture, you need to find the context in which it was written. So yeah, he's never met them. He's in prison in Rome and he's writing to them because he heard that some of them are straying from just that life in Christ. And a lot of letters were, some of the letters were corrective in the Bible. And so yeah, he writes to them in Colossians chapter 2. He says, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord. So you've made a commitment. You've received him into your life. So walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. As you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. And I say, so almost like a warning, beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of this world, and not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him. You are complete in Jesus, who is the head of all principality and power. I don't know if you were maybe a first year, you're on campus, and the first week, you know, then they have all these talks, and, you know, you're so confused later on, you think, like, what? What are these people talking? They're using languages that I don't even know. You're going to have some lecturers like that, but you're supposed to know a little bit on what they're talking, okay? So, um, but there's a lot of people that want to talk about diversity and truth that changes and that's relative, and it's just about your feeling, and, and Paul says, hey, don't be cheated. Don't let people bring you into empty deceit and philosophy and tradition of people because there's cultures. There's a culture that wants to enforce itself on you and give you a specific identity. But he says, hey, you are complete in Jesus. And it's so important, especially if you're a first year here, that as you embark on this road, that you say, I, I want to know Christ, but I want to know the Christ of the Bible. And so... That's what he fights for and he contends for. So we're going to talk a bit about the power of identity, knowing your identity in Christ. How many of you this week were involved in some sparkles? Okay, sparkling. Raise your hand very high. Hello, who are you? What's your name? What are you studying? Where are you from? What school were you at? Eventually they're like, ah, oh, if I have to say that another 50 times, I want to like, you know. And the amazing thing is you can actually be a big liar. Nobody's even going to know it. You're going to just like, oh, I'm from, you just, just say something that you always wanted to be. I want to be from Poch of Sturm. Anyone from Poch of Sturm? Okay. One person from Poch of Sturm. Okay. I wanted to make a joke of Poch of Sturm, but hallelujah. We, we, okay. Let's speak on the free state people. Any free state people? Okay, people from the States, oh, you're so welcome. Okay, when you walk out and you stand on the parking lot, look to your left. It's called a mountain. Okay, it's not a hill, okay? Somebody once took me to Bloemfontein and said, we're going to go climb up the mountain. I thought, like, where's the mountain? And then it was like, what, Signal Hill? I thought, like, whoa, is it Signal Hill? What's the hill there in Bloemfontein? 
Kopi, Naval you, the Kopi. Okay, but in any case, bless the free state people. Okay, if you don't understand the English I'm using, they're in- interpreting it. So John 1 verse 12 to 13. Look at this powerful scripture. Jesus says, when we talk about this identity, John 1, but as many as received him, again, the same thing Paul said, as he received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. The moment when you enter into a relationship with Jesus, you are born again. And that born again means that now suddenly you have a spiritual reality. And God gives you the right to become a child of God. And you know, it's great to say, hey, I'm here, I'm first year, I'm studying BSc, I'm in this course size. But... We mostly, when somebody asks who you are, then you sort of give the answer as to what you do, not who you are. Maybe you say your name because, you know, even your own name means something very significant. Okay? There's, there's power in every name. And so find out what your name means when you do Encounter 3. We'll, we'll speak to you about that. What does your name mean? Because every time somebody says that name, it enforces something. That's why in all the movies, they don't. Blaspheme Muhammad or any of the other gods, but only the name of Jesus is being blasphemed. Have you ever thought why? Because the devil knows that there's so much power in that name. Every time you say it and you are born of God, there's an authority. There's something that happens when you say the name of Jesus. When we sing it, it's not just because it's a nice rhythm. It's not just because it's something nice with us. It's actually like, wow. All of heaven pays attention To the name above every other name. And one day, willingly or unwillingly, you are going to do this. Every person that has ever lived will bow the knee to that name. Whether you want to or whether you don't. And you're going to acknowledge that he is the king of kings and the lord of lords. That's why I'm practicing. (laughs) Get yourself a crown and throw it on the ground, okay? Practice like throwing, like frisbee, just a crown. Just put it. You're going to do it for the first million years when you're in heaven, okay? Like, wow. The word I think next to Jesus that we're going to use the most is the word wow. Just practice it. Say wow. But don't say it from here. Say it from here. Say wow. Wow. Oh, there's some people responding here. What's happening here? Say, Say wow. Wow. So, somebody's getting it, okay? But, um, you know, um, Stephen Lungu, that's coming in two weeks. Don't miss it. In two weeks, he's going to preach here. His wife died, and they prayed for her, and she was risen from the dead. And, uh, but she was unconscious for a whole day. For, I think it was almost 48 hours. And they, they tied her hands to the hospital bed because she started to cry out, wow, 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 for 24 hours. Eventually, they had to tie her hands because she, wanted, she plucked out all the stuff out of her body because she described heaven as a place with so many colors that she has never seen on earth. She spoke about the beauty and the holiness of God. And so if somebody today says, God is boring, I tell you, you are looking to the wrong God. The devil wants to trick you to think that God is not beautiful. The Bible talks about the beauty of his holiness. Oh, it's attractive. 
you know, I've, I've told this story before, but the, in the Middle East, we, we went to visit. And for seven days or eight days, we were just locked down in a little basement with some of our friends that are pastors. Most of them are lady pastors. There's a massive revival going on in the Middle East. And most people there have a visitation from Jesus themselves. And everyone you ask would say the same thing. They would talk about the man with the white robe that has fire in his eyes. When last did you look into his eyes? When last did he come to stand in front of you in the fire in his eyes of his love and his holiness? Just is so attractive. If you've not seen that Jesus, I want to tell you tonight you're going to see him. And this one lady said that as she was dreaming, he gave her a cup of water and he said, drink. She said, I'm thirsty. He says, drink. And she just started to drink it in the, in the dream. <laughs> he said, when you drink of that water, you will never thirst again. You see, on Friday night, we had a stall here on campus and, um, yo, it was crazy. Especially the teenagers. Lots of people, alcohol, poisoning, running around. It's all people that are thirsty. Next week, they're going to be thirsty again. But it's only Jesus that will fulfill you. I want to tell all those volunteers, lots of them are here. I want to just give you, like, honor you for spending the whole night till 3 a.m. Will you stand quickly? I just want to bless you. Where are all those people that helped, all the volunteers, more than 120 of them? We just want to bless you and thank you. <laughs> Next year, first years, you come, must come and help us, okay? It's just so great to be the, the body of Christ, to be the life of God. Just to pray for people, to bless them, to honor them. So... But as many received him, to them he gave the right. It's like a right. It's like a privilege. It's like an opportunity to become children of God. It's not just because of your choice, but because of God's invitation for you to know him. And that's why we can only love him because, hey, he first loved us. Listen to this in Romans chapter 8, verse 14 to 17. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. And the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs of God, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we also may be glorified together. I'm going to be straightforward with you tonight. The Christian walk is a glorious walk, but it's a tough walk. Because the world is going that direction. And to be a Christian means you walk that direction. But you will be so fulfilled. You will be so amazed by where, what God does in your heart because you're not defined by what happens on the outside. You're defined by what happens on the inside. And the Holy Spirit is there to say, hey, Abba Father, Abba Father. It means Daddy, you're my, you're my Father. And maybe some of you tonight here has not had a, a Father in your life or you've been forsaken or you feel illegitimate. I want to tell you, there is an Abba Father. He's going to walk with you. And tomorrow morning, don't pray like this and say, oh God, please be with me. Because if you're a child of God, you say, thank you, Lord, that you said you will never leave me nor forsake me. You are with me. Because the same God here in this room is going with you. 
And tomorrow morning when you, wait, when you walk through the, this faculty and going to that faculty and then you end up in the engineering faculty but you realize I'm not an engineer, I'm in the wrong class. You're going to see some people like that. You just realize I'm on the wrong campus, you know. Some, some people actually have come for Potch of Sturm and they're here in Stellenbosch, you know. They realize, oh, okay, wrong town, wrong place, you know. But let's love them. But the amazing thing is God is with you. I... Uh, always tell this story. It's one of the most embarrassing moments of my life. How many of you have heard of Reinhard Bonker? He's like an evangelist that's been, uh, I once went up into Nigeria and went to, had the privilege of sitting around a table with this one. Now he, he does like meetings a bit bigger than this one that you see tonight. So if you are a bit of an introvert and you think like this is too many people, sorry, I want to tell you there's a couple of billion in heaven. Okay, get used to lots of people, okay? You hear lots of people say, oh, I just want to be 10 people because I'm so intimidated. You can't say that to God when you get to heaven. There's going to be the first billion this side and a couple of billion that side. And I, I'm sure all the people with the rhythm is going to be in front. Any people with rhythm, yeah? Oh, hallelujah. Okay, the dancers. Okay. Are you in front sitting? Oh, okay, now I'm just... But the amazing thing is I was sitting at the breakfast table, and so I idolized Wim Reinhardt a little bit. I thought like, Jesus, Moses, Reinhardt, Bonka. So I, I saved up everything to be there. I just thought like everything, and I just spent everything, sold the dog, sold the cat, sold everything just to go to Nigeria. Okay. No, no, that's just a joke. All the dog lovers go, oh, what did you do? Okay, but no. <clears throat> So here we're sitting at the breakfast table. We're going out. There's 2.1 million people in one service. That night, I saw the hand of God move like I've never seen before. At a stage, when Reynard was standing in front, and he shouted the name of Jesus. And we were sitting on these big containers at the back, and the earth literally began to shake. And he said, be healed in Jesus' name. And the next moment, the paralyzed people just started to stand up and walk. The wheelchairs just popped up. Nobody even prayed for them. But now I'm sitting with him, and I'm so like, oh, this is heaven. And I, and I said, okay, see us, will you pray? And I thought like, yes. And I said, Lord, I call down your fire. And I thought like, this must be a good prayer. You know? In the middle of my prayer, when Reinhardt said, no. We don't pray like that. I thought, Lord, this is a good time for the second coming right now. You know, I just thought, Lord, bring it on, you know. Just, just come right now. I'm, I, I don't know what to do, you know. And so he says, no, we don't pray like that in his German accent, you know. He says, we don't pray for God to come down or for God to be with us when he promised that he is already with us. <laughs> and now he said, pray again. And I thought, like, oh, what am I going to pray now, <laughs> you know. So I just prayed every scripture. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. For I, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God. I, I didn't even sometimes put an and in between all the scriptures. Because I realized like he can't rebuke me if I pray scripture. Amen. <laughs> just one of those embarrassing moments. But it changed my life. Because the problem is we think we can switch God off tomorrow morning. And wherever you go, he's with you. Where's Linjay? Linjay, I saw Linjay walk in here. 
Come here, Lindsay. Are you going to play tomorrow night? Yeah, yeah. Pass the cup. Watch him. Watch his step. Okay. I had to embarrass him because I saw the pants he's wearing. But Lindsay is such a cool guy. But imagine all the muscles. Yo. Where did you get this shirt? Huh? Oh, it comes all the way from Nepal. But so imagine Linjay is Jesus, and I am Sias. And I walk out here tonight, and I go like, oh, church was nice. Smile, Jesus always smiles. Okay, but that's what the picture says, okay? Okay, bye. I'm leaving you there. And here we go. Check his muscles, guys. Come, check his muscles, okay? But he's going with me. Our problem is, is we want to leave him. Hello. Check it, all these people looking at you. But so, <laughs> We want to leave him there. Say, stay at church. Bye, check you on Wednesday, uh, Jesus. And here we go. Uh, come here. Okay. But wherever I go, he's with me. Well, hello, Ben Jason. But the amazing thing is, doesn't matter, even if I have small talk, he's with me. And I can ignore him. Well, the biggest thing is I can become a hypocrite. And you're going to see a lot of people that say they're Christians, but Jesus isn't welcome. Because they define their identity by what they do or by their friends or what other people say about them. But if he's with you, and your best friend, wow, he tells you things about the future and about your life and who you are. And other people may tell you some other things, but he's got plans to prosper you and to give you a future and a hope. Amen? I don't actually like quoting that scripture because you know where it happens in Jeremiah 29? It's before God sends them into slavery. He says, I have plans to prosper and give you a future. It means even in the tough times in your life, I still have plans for you. And sometimes it's going to be tough. Sometimes it's going to be hard to make a decision for Jesus. Are you still smiling, Lindsay? Thank you, thank you. Okay. Okay. Watch him tomorrow night. Okay. Watch him tomorrow night. Okay. Well, you score a try. Or five. Okay. But in that case, okay. Let's give him a round. Thanks, Lindsay. <laughs> So quickly, I'm going to give you some scripture. How did God, our Father, feel about Jesus? Now, remember, Jesus was illegitimate. He was born out of wedlock. He was, he was like the worst Jew you can find. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. This is my beloved daughter, in whom I'm well pleased. Isn't that amazing? God stops everything. There were only three times when God the Father spoke audibly in the New Testament. And two of them were about Jesus' identity and Jesus' destiny. The second one happened at the Mount of Transfiguration. He takes him up, and Moses and Elijah stands there, which represented the law and the prophets, because everything in the Old Testament points to Jesus. So don't regard, disregard the Old Testament, because if you really want to know what happened on the cross, you must also read the Old Testament. It points to the cross. It shows us the way of salvation. And so here God says, hey, about your destiny, 
Listen to him. He's got a message. What's your message? What's your identity? Or are you running around and making other people define who you are? Or maybe the father of lies, the devil, slap foot. What is slap foot in English? Slaping feet. Okay? The devil is a liar. Don't you know and say the devil is a liar? Don't listen to him. So what happens when you have received your identity from God? There's a question here. It says, I obey, therefore I am accepted. Just the next slide. I obey, therefore I'm accepted. Or I am accepted, therefore I obey. There's nothing you can do to earn salvation. You can jump up and down here tonight, but it's going to change nothing about God's unconditional love for you. But why do we obey? Why do we become disciples that obey? Because we have been loved so much. Success or failure does not determine my identity. Every other system says if you perform, you are accepted. If you come and drink with me, you are accepted. If you do this, you are accepted. God says, I have accepted you long before you have accepted me. But now there's a choice. There's a choice for you and I to say yes to that or to say no to that. And that's why, how does God really feel about us? He says it so clearly in Romans 8. He says, we are more than conquerors because as Paul writes, I'm persuaded that nothing can separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. You can go and read that scripture at home because we need to pick up speed and I'm finished with the introduction. I'll lock the doors. Okay. God's heart for us. Affection, affirmation, acceptance, approval, discipline. Everyone in this room wants to belong somewhere. And the devil and a lot of our friends sometimes on campus is going to say, just, just come. Come and belong here. Because we have this need of acceptance. But you know, you will always be disappointed. Danny Mori is 94. And I love just looking at her. She says she doesn't want to come to the morning service because the people are too old there. We love you, Tani Mori. Tani Kumi, 82. 81. Your time flies when we're having fun, okay? But Tani Kumi comes early to church and then she walks around. What's going to happen in your heart when you're 80 or 94? Is your heart going to be soft? Where have you been? Are you going to run after people and things and successes? Crying out, I want to belong. I want to belong. And God says, there is a place where you can belong. When you're rooted and grounded in his love. When you're rooted in Christ. When you're rooted like that tree that doesn't matter if there's drought or whatever happens around us. We're rooted in Christ. Sure. Don't you know and say, Wow. John 14, verse 18. Okay. Five slides to go. They say, what, is it, what does it mean if a pastor looks at his watch? Nothing. Okay. But in any case, okay, so absolutely nothing. The promise of Jesus. John 14, verse 18. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. What a promise. Remember Jesus said, and the scripture, Paul says, I've given you the right to be sons, to be, the right to be daughters. 
But there's an orphan spirit. And you know, orphans, orphans just have this massive hole. They want to just, they can't get enough of love of people. We were in the DRC, and I'll never forget it. One day we went to visit an orphanage there. And as we came into this big room, there were like probably a hundred kids just clinging to our feet and to our legs. Because they're desperate to belong. On Friday night, I saw a lot of people that are desperate to belong. They're just looking for their identity. Say, will you please tell me where I can find true love? And I want to tell you, you can find it. Jesus said, you will not leave us. Galatians 4, verse 6 and 7. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father! Okay, there's an exclamation mark. Did you see that? Okay. That's how we're supposed to read the scripture. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Jesus Christ. What you present yourself to is the thing that you worship eventually. You will worship. God has created you to worship. And you're either going to worship yourself, or you're going to worship the opinion of people around you, or you're going to worship your maker, the one who defines you, the one who fulfills you, the one who gives you life and grace. He's not looking for perfection, but he's looking for surrender. And that's why the only two kinds of people God resisted in Scripture was the hypocrites and those who had pride in their heart. Because if you're proudful, it means I'm in control. I know it all. But humble people say, I want to learn. I want to know I've never arrived. Unfortunately, we live in a town where there's a lot of pride. I come from this place. I drive this. I come from this school. I come from this. I'm from this university. Nothing wrong with good tradition. But God gives grace to the humble. And he resists the proud. The second group is hypocrites. And you'll see the Pharisees and the Sadducees in the scripture. They knew the scriptures. But because they lived a double life. The hypocrite, the same word is the word actor. Is somebody that lives a lifestyle there, out there, pretending to be somebody, but inside there's somebody completely different. Actor. It's the same word of hypocrisy. God says, if you're not going to be real and open and vulnerable and learn to surrender, your heart will become hardened. And he says, be humble. Come. I want to show you. Because you are son. God has sent forth. So where do we start? We start with this very simple word called metanoia. It's called repentance. Anyone here from metanoia? Woo! All the metanoia people, okay? Metanoia means I've been walking in one direction, looking for my identity, looking for my fulfillment. And I came to a place where suddenly I had a change of revelation. Of who God is, the goodness of God. Direction. I realized like I'm on the wrong path. I'm looking for stuff and I will never be fulfilled there. I have a change of mind. I begin to think differently. I have a change of action. I have a change of direction. It's a 180 degree turn 
God, I've been walking on my own road, but now, wow, I want to start to follow you. And then there's an action because it gives you a new identity. Second Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, whoever is in Christ have become a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, everything has become new. So you start with the commitment, but then you have to walk out a life of repentance because the world wants to drag you that way. The world says, hey, that's it, that's it. Sure. And God says, come. Come and buy with money that you don't have. Come and drink, and I'm going to fill you up. That's his promise. We're going to come back to the scripture. Can we show them that video, Moshe, or you guys are right there at the back? You. Look at your eyes. Look at them. Speckled. Colorful. Each one unique. And I created every one of them. personality I made you pure complex and every day I give you life I love you but something happened you cheated on me you didn't trust me you sinned yourself off from me and although you're still alive you are slowly dying so you looked for other things to fill the void but nothing works it just kills you faster separates us more and more. What are you searching for? I don't want you to die. destroyed but to know me so I became one of you a fragile creation I was tempted but I never sinned I came to save you you have so many sins and they have a cost someone has to die you or me. So I took on your sin and traded in my life for yours. And I died in your place. Because I love you. Then
I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am Jesus. I'm not here to condemn you. I came to bring you back to life. Rely on me. I will forgive you. I love you, and I did all of this to have a relationship with you. Will you follow me? The most amazing thing was when Peter stood and tried to catch fish all night, and he was a fisherman by trade. There was a moment when um, the Lord told Peter, Peter, throw the net on the other side. And uh, Peter, I would have probably been the same. Lord, you're a carpenter. I'm a fisherman. <laughs> you know, carp, you, you, you get carp with a millibomb. Bass, you don't catch it with a millibomb. Now, some people have got no idea what I'm talking about. Who knows what I'm talking about, okay? Okay, wonderful, okay? So, I don't, I don't fish, I don't have the patience, I mean. But so, Jesus says, throw it on the other side. And then, I can just imagine what Peter said. Peter, uh, Jesus, sure. And then this massive heap of fish. They drag out the fish to the shore. And then this moment with Jesus. Peter says, depart from me, Lord, because I am a sinful man. The first time somebody in the Bible there, specifically the disciples, used the term Lord. You see, there's a lot of people that love Jesus as their Savior and their Sunday God. But when Jesus becomes Lord in your life, the original word is the word curios, which means the one who becomes my master, the one who possesses me, the one who I give absolute control to because I trust him. Peter had a moment when he had to like, oh, we've been, we don't catch fish in the morning. We catch fish during the night. Depart from me, Lord, because I'm a sinful man. Lord, master. Then Jesus looks at him. If I was Peter, I would say, okay, Jesus, sit down. We're going to sell the fish and fund your ministry for a while and just do great things together. Jesus looks at him. He looks at the fish, and then Jesus begins to walk and says, follow me. Will you follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. That's the road of discipleship. Lots of people have encounters with Jesus, and then they go sell the fish. But when you realize where that fish comes from and the power behind it is when Jesus becomes Lord of your life. He's not just Savior. He's Lord. He's in control. Will you make Jesus Lord of your studies tonight? Will you make him Lord of your life? Or is it just Savior? Is it just a genie that we take out on a Sunday and we say, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to jump up and down and like, yeah, 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 yeah. There goes the stage. Hallelujah. But when he's Lord of your life, you surrendered because you can trust him because he loves you. 
But then you say yes to a road of discipleship. Where your first aim in life is not to be happy, but to worship Him. You see, then worship is not a couple of songs we sing. Worship is your whole life you bring to God every day. Because you've met the Noyad. You've turned back to Him. You say there's another way it's to follow Him. I committed my life many times on camps. But nobody ever told me Jesus must become Lord of my life. He wants to be involved in every aspect of your life. And once you invite him into that place, not just in the front area, but you say, okay, Lord, everything. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.